And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E.com. Hello everyone and thanks for listening. I'd like to take a second to thank our sponsors Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing and mastering. Here at Ruinous, we use Isotope products from top to bottom for all of our audio and podcast production. Now you can subscribe to Isotope's Music Production Suite Pro for $24.99 a month or Producers Club for $19.99 a month. And you'll get access to the most up-to-date versions of the plugins as well as the latest features and updates as they're released. Head over to isotope.com now to get a seven-day free trial. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. And for a 10% discount on your software purchases, enter code FRET10 at checkout. F-R-E-T-1-0. Enjoy the show. Hey, Nick. Hey, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for meeting me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. What's going on? Just hanging, man. I'm in uh, Nashville. Yeah. Chugging coffee. Just talking to you. What's Nashville like right now? What's the vaccination scene there? Does it feel like the rollout's working? I think it's working. Um, yeah. I got mine. I. Uh, you did? Yeah, I did. Um, I went a little outside of Nashville, honestly, and uh, it was pretty easy for me to get one, which is a little sad, but it also, you know, I don't need convincing and I qualified, so... I've heard of stuff like that happening. There were a lot of appointments. It was super easy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess in some counties, you know, a lot of people don't believe in it and stuff. So. Yeah. Well, I read this morning that in L.A. County, that's a big popular county, they closed Dodger Stadium early yesterday because not enough vaccination appointments showed up. 
what the fuck? It's crazy. It's crazy After to me. After a year. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think I'm going to make it. I heard in one of your interviews where, I mean, I agree with what you said at one point about the music industry should be, like, rolling out these vaccinations. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, tour managers could kill this. This is... I know. They could. Our tour manager, I, I'd vote for him for president, but maybe <laughs> I'd start with him being the ambassador of vaccination rollout. God, he'd fucking mobilize everyone. Right? Yeah. We run tight ships. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that would really kill it. <laughs> and that, it sounds like they're getting the military involved, which I always thought was going to happen a long time ago. I thought that was, you know, they would start that. But I just heard a, a radio article yesterday or the day before, and it was just like presented like it was a novelty. The military is involved. It's like, get everyone involved. I will go. Hey, you would guess it would be the absolute easiest thing in the world to do right now. Yeah. There is soreness around the injection site, I hear. I did notice that later. And honestly, yeah. when I first got it, I truly didn't think the lady had even gotten me. I'm not so into needles, obviously. And I, I so I had my head turned, and then she's like, all right, you're all good. And I was like, wait, I wonder if she did get me. I've waited all this time. Like, I want to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. That's right. It's like, it was bizarre. Shit, just wandering away, not sleeping like, for weeks, just like. I wonder if I got a shot. Did she get me? Yeah. <laughs> but she did. Later, I got sore, and I was excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. I've been um, kind of making fun of the idea that there's soreness around the injection site because it's like, who gives a fuck? I mean, I'm being insensitive. Yeah. But it's funny that you bring that up because that is a sign that you got it. So yes. soreness, I take it all back. Soreness around the injection site is important, and we're not babies. No, I was thrilled. I was thrilled to know. <laughs> Yeah, that would be funny. That is a funny thought, um, wondering if you got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been, I mean, we're we're super safe about it anyway. I've been pretty, you know, I saw another, I saw some funny Seth Rogen interview. And he was like, yeah, the world is just kind of adjusting to my way of life. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of feel that in ways. Like, <laughs> I can quarantine, you know. I'm, yeah. I love touring more, but right. if I have to hunker down, I'm, I'm down. What have you been up to in the last year? Not a ton, but I, I've been uh, built a studio in my basement at the kind of the start of the quarantine. I, I I was like, okay, I'm going for it. I'm getting some things I need, and I'm going to be here, you know. And uh, right. so that's been fun getting that sorted. And I've been playing drums and just messing around, making making music kind of casually, having some friends over sometimes, and but mostly, you know, just. Doing the thing, laying low. I've I've done some playing with uh, Brittany Howard this year, which has been oh cool, awesome. It's been amazing, and um, so that's been been still getting to play live with people and stuff, which was that's like nice. It was like euphoric, especially after the first few months. It was like yeah. getting to play with a drummer. Oh my god, that's <laughs> great. Uh, I'm playing a show this weekend in um, I think Huntington Beach, and there'll be a stage on the ground. And our audience will be in hotel rooms on their balconies looking at us. Whoa. Yeah. That's awesome. It works. wonder how that's going to feel. Probably great. <laughs> yeah. Weird, but great. Yeah, playing will be fun. It's going to be pretty spiritual, I feel like. Especially like when festivals and stuff are back. I feel like, I don't know, everyone needed to take a knee for a year for whatever reason. I don't know, but. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I as, <laughs> Mr. Optimus. I'm just cranky about it. But that's, totally. that's you know, who isn't? Um, did you pick up any bad habits in the last year? No. I kicked a bad habit. I stopped drinking 
Oh, cool. And I actually did that sort of before the quarantine, too. Mm -hmm. So that's been really good, not being like hungover in quarantine. For me, that has worked out really well. Right. And, uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I've been kind of dorking out. I've been like practicing a lot. I got to, trying to learn drums. I've been, yeah. do you know the Tommy Igo, Great Hands for a Lifetime? I do. <laughs> yeah. Name. Drummer <laughs> probably know this. Yeah, that, that's, that's my tip lately. I've been, <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm trying to get like not bad technique. Take a class with Mark Juliana if you ever can. In a few years, maybe I will. He's, I took he's one. He's a genius. Three months ago. Oh, wow. It was killer. Oh, that's awesome, man. I guess I've gotten into, uh, just gotten more home stuff together. I feel like everyone's kind of resoundingly said that, like, gardening a little bit and cooking. Like, me and Katie are such city kids. We always just ate out at restaurants yeah. and, you know, like, so, like, learning to cook and learning to gardening. Honestly, like, the start of the pandemic, we went to the grocery store and it was just, like, mostly people not in masks and stuff and... It was all still pretty unknown. I was just like, yeah, I'm good on that. I think there's another <laughs> way. So I just, <laughs> yeah. I turned a bunch of old like bookshelves into raised beds and put kale in them. I'm like, let's. All right. Got time and sun. Let's see if I can figure this out. What's your favorite thing to cook? I like smoking stuff. Oh, you've got a smoker. I got one of those big green eggs. Oh, Brad. That's great. It's been game changing. My We got married this year, and my uncle sent us like a wedding present so i got the big green egg it is like so fun to cook on that thing so i like cooking on that i like smoking stuff yeah so have you smoked fish yes that's right. actually probably my favorite thing yes yeah, sa salmon yeah. or like uh i've tried to do like a white fish but smoked salmon that's like the, the game changing is thing have you um made pizza in that thing i've heard it makes good pizza i haven't the first thing i did was burn a brisket on christmas it was oh <laughs> <laughs> it was like the first year we couldn't go home. I didn't go home to see my family. And it was, you know, it was just like me and my wife Katie at the house. And so I was like, okay, well, uh, let's do something special. We'll get a brisket. And uh, I put it on there. And I didn't have like the indirect smoker thing. So it was basically I was just grilling it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it should still work. I'll just keep an eye on it. And I remember I was like FaceTiming with my family. My mom was like, you look distracted. You keep looking out the window. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I just see like tons of smoke coming out. And I open it up, and this thing is literally just on fire, like completely flaming out of a movie on fire. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, crap. So then I don't know why, because I just wing everything. I was just like, well, probably cook now, so maybe this is the point where I put it in the foil and get it all juicy or whatever. So then at that point, I just completely singed and sealed the deal and massacred it. So we had this. Did you taste it at all? Did you try it? We did try it. There, there was like, you know, maybe a two-inch area that was good, and the rest was... <laughs> I mean, I just destroyed it. Merry yeah. Christmas. <laughs> so that was my lesson. <laughs> what do you think it's going to be like when we get back to normal? Maybe in the fall? Do you think it's going to be wildly different than it was a year ago, at least in our lifestyle? I'm really curious, yeah, how how it's going to work. Like, are people going to, like, show their vaccine cards to, like, buy a ticket to things or... Right. I think they're doing that in Israel. I think it's a green card, they call it. Oh, really? Yeah. But I, I think people are definitely going to really appreciate it. I think people are going to see the value in, like, live experiences even more. And Did you have a bunch of touring scheduled in 20? Yeah, we were supposed to be, like, 
pretty gone. Yeah. <laughs> so that was crazy. Because the Cage record came out in yeah. 20, right? Yeah. It had just come out. And so, yeah, we were, we were honest. I think it was going to be like the busiest year we ever had or something. So it was kind of crazy. It was like, oh. Well, that's why when I realized I was going to be home, I was like, okay, I'm getting some microphones and I'm going to bang on some drums for a year. <laughs> Do all you guys live in Nashville? Yeah. Yeah, we're all in Nashville. I think I've met you guys a few times, and one time was in Kansas City at some radio station Christmas show, I think. Oh, yeah. It was like a, felt like a strip club. Wait, was it St. Louis? Oh, yes. St. Louis. Yes. I remember you. this. That was the end of my first tour. I literally, I have a weird memory. I remember that was the last show of my first tour with them. Yeah. Yeah, that's when I met y'all. And then we had met before. Did we meet in Portland, or did we just share the same space? We shared the same space. I uh, So I played bass for a little bit with Morning Teleportation. And uh, when I first went over to rehearse with them, we went to this warehouse place. And it was me and Tiger and Trevor running all this stuff. And then they said, that, yeah, Mr. Heavenly has a room over there. And <laughs> <laughs> so I realized that like the other night, I was like, wait, I think I have like played there but that was like the first place i ever went to in portland I literally like landed from the airport really like, can, we, can we go jam yeah that's right i think i learned everything you know so. <laughs> so that was the beginning of you playing with teleportation yeah basically my uh my old band we were called nico's gun and we had met the morning telly guys just in passing i had met travis in new york city and I remember, I'll never forget it, he, he had like his band's CD in like a plastic bag, and it was like pre-mixed, expanding anyway, you know? And uh, he was like, you want to hear my band's record? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I remember he put it on, and I didn't say a word for like the entire time. I was just like totally shocked, and I was just like, who are these guys? Where are they from? Like, what is happening? I love this. You know, usually like when... when people you're especially like in your early 20s and stuff it was like when you hear my band you're like yeah but yeah. this this was like legendary you know <laughs> yeah and uh it just totally changed my life and then we ended up touring when their first album came out together so we okay. opened for them we had this funny rv and then they had their setup so it was a great circus for a while and then at the end of that year i guess paul was no longer gonna play live with them and stuff so basically we worked it out so we'd do two bands one van and i would just play bass with them yeah and uh it was amazing man it was some of the best times of my life how did two bands in one van work or did it it totally worked it was honestly i think there was like it's two small even disputes honestly in this in like it was amazing it was 12 of us all filed in there you were only allowed to bring like a backpack really on the tour mm -hmm. and everybody just sort of worked in their little system and uh I can't believe it worked. It was, it was pretty amazing. They had a trailer, and we had obtained a new van at that time. Right. So that we was... joined forces. We joined forces, and yeah, it was pretty incredible. So no one ever freaked out and said, I've, I'm going to ride in the trailer? There was one time the part of the trailer was sparking, apparently, in the middle of the night, and the, the back wheel, I don't know what it's called, the cover for the wheel was, like, sparking and flew off, and I was on... I completely slept through this whole thing. I remember, like, waking up and, like... Reno in some like hotel at like four in the morning like here we are oh man we just went through some crazy stuff and you slept through the whole thing man. like all right so 12 of you in a 15 passenger van I'm assuming yeah you all sat up and slept and told jokes yeah it was really and then yeah that the hotel 
there's like some of us would sleep in the van we'd probably get like a couple hotel rooms we'd all sleep and bag it up or rotate oh he's driving tomorrow so he should get a bed or right know. it was amazing it was that's all we needed and so that i mean that was such a fun fun tour and it, when when their first album came out it was just so exciting and uh you know they had like a crazy live set up tons of crazy instruments and we did too so it's like we would roll into these clubs and have like kind of epic setups and like we'd have our funny like rv in the back and it, it was amazing man. it was like that sounds fun yeah i remember when those guys we had met them on tour and morning teleportation showed up in one vehicle all together with all their girlfriends yes and um they specifically wore the dudes specifically shopped for women's clothing at thrift store like, because they were all so skinny that they fit them all. Totally. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, just them piling out of that car in front of Isaac's house in the craziest looking cool 70s polyester yeah, clothes and stuff. We had a similar experience because, like, I met Travis and then I met Tiger, like, the next day in New York City. Mm -hmm. And then a few months later, they were actually opening for Cage at the TLA in, in Philly. And we lived in South Philly. And so that's when we met like the whole band and it was like, and it was like the band and friends and it, every single one of them was like the most unique person. It, I was just like, where yeah. are these people from? And yeah, they came in, it was like the seventies walked into the house and all the yeah. girlfriends and, and we like jammed all night that night. And then a few months later we ended up doing the tour, but yeah, same feeling. It was like, just like a, a wave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The entourage of that seventies show almost. Totally. Like banjos and organs and saxophones <laughs> on stage <laughs> and like talk box, like killing the talk box. Yeah. I was just like, what? This is amazing. I know. But, uh, yeah. Well, I want to play um, Rocks, Gears, Desert Trucking. How's Let's that sound? It. That sounds like fun. All right, here we go. <laughs>
for a minute. This spot looks half legit now. Yeah, right here, right here. Alright, man. Watch out for wildlife. Watch out for Whoa. that frog. Hey! I get 20 on pump 5, and uh, you don't happen to have ninja stars, do you? Hold on. Hey, Tiger, it's a promoter. Hey, ask me for getting meal tickets. recording of that i'm just wondering yeah. what that sound is at the very end probably i don't know telly stuff yeah yeah that was like the the new jam when i was first playing mm. with them live that was like the first sort of new song i remember that and the code we'd play live yeah and uh it was always just real fun we'd like just go you know kind of jam it out long and it was fun and then years later when cage was on tour we went through portland and when they were doing the second record at isaac's yeah, uh, drop through and play on that one. It was like my first time there. To that place is amazing. And ice cream party. Ice cream party. Yes. Yeah. Oh, another thing that was kind of weird too is when I first did go to rehearse with Telly, I stayed at Madden's house, and uh, Madden, who years later ended up being in Cage, and so it's all just very crazy. Like that kind of how I joined the band was even like being excited for him later. They're in New York, and I was like, dude, you're playing in Cage. You're playing Letterman tonight. That's it's awesome. If you want to hang out after, hit me up. Like, wow, that's yeah. great. And he was like, super cool, great musician, Portland guy that I'd met through telly, you know, and then yeah. years later, we're standing on stage next to each other. It's weird. How did you wind up playing with Cage? I guess um, Lincoln, their original guitarist, was no longer going to play in the band after Melophobia came out. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had actually already heard the record a few months before with the telly guys at electric lady oh. they were in town and we were like let's go down to electric lady and cage is in town that was my first time there and same with those guys and uh we, we heard the new album and i i really i really loved it and we uh had this awesome night like just jamming there and i remember like getting home at like six or seven in the morning and you know <laughs> me and tiger like okay we need to be there that's let that that place is amazing <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> that's that's where you need to be and um in the fall, they played Letterman, and like I said, Madden at that point, they they had added him singing and playing keys and guitar, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was just psyched for him, and I was like, man, you know, let's hang out after your taping or whatever, that, that's so cool, we'd love to catch up, and I guess at that point, I didn't realize what Lincoln was kind of done done, and I hung with Madden and Matt, uh, lead singer, 
and Matt was basically like interviewing me all night and I didn't realize oh, yeah. that. <laughs> and so he was, we were just talking about, and I had no idea. And, uh, I was showing him some new music. I, I had a band called Rich Mystics with Barney from uh, Nico's Gun. And Matt was like, maybe you guys could open for us this year. And I was like, oh my gosh, that'd be incredible. And he was like, yeah, by the way, we heard you could learn a set quick and fill in. Would you want to like play with us for this radio tour in December? And I was like, I mean, I'm down, down. <laughs> you know? And it <laughs> yeah. all sort of naturally happened after that. Cool. Yeah. So it's the second Bowling Green, Kentucky band I've played. Because the Telly guys oh. are from there and Cage is from there. So it's That's like I had right. met them a bunch before, too. And yeah, all roads lead back to those guys. It's crazy. All roads lead back to Bowling Green, it sounds like. There is something there. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So how long has that been now? Eight years. So you've been with Cage for eight years, touring, recording. I've heard something about you having a minor or a major injury on tour. <laughs> what happened? Minor turned major. So we were in um, at a Pink Pop Fest in Europe, and um, you know if you've you've seen our shows, like we get into it. And uh, I did a basically a jump from the stage, and I uh, I just remember looking down, and there was like the camera rail where they the camera dolly, and I looked down, and I was like, oh yeah, that's there, and I think my foot got trapped in it, and I I broke my knee basically. Um, but I kept playing, my adrenaline was going crazy, and I remember like getting up and being like, ooh, that's that's something. And then I get back up to the I have a little stand on stage, and then the next song I played steel guitar and I sat down. And then when I went to stand up, I was like, Oh no. Oh, oh no. And no one realizes what's going on. And so you know, like the crew were like, Can you, do you need anything? I was like, a ton of Advil. They're like, What's going on? I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then so I finished that, go to the festival dock at that festival, and they were like, oh, you must have sprained it, because I was sort of like leaning a lot on my right leg and standing yeah. up still. So the next day, I uh, just stayed on the bus all night, kept it straight, and then we took a golf cart from the bus literally to the stage and <laughs> played a set, like leaning on my right leg. And after that set, I went to a festival doctor there. That doctor was like, I was hoping to get like a little massage or something or see what he thinks about this, the, the sprain. Yeah. And uh, he was like, that is not a sprain. Like you broke that man. Like you need to go to a hospital. I'm not touching that. And I was like, okay. So then we uh, watched Slayer from a parking lot on like a crutch. <laughs> and so now it's day three. We go to uh we had a day off and we go to this hospital in Berlin and I don't know if it was a holiday or what, but it's, it was literally empty. It was like so crazy. So it's me and our tour manager at the time was is like 70 and he's, we're just walking around this hospital like, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a ridiculous scene. And then we finally, this guy's like, whoa, hey, how'd you get in here? We're like, we're just looking for a doctor. And this guy scanned it. And then he was like, yeah, this is no fracture. You broke this in four ways. And yeah. so then we had another show the next day. And I was like, oh, I'm fine. I, I'll be okay. I'll wait to get the surgery. And and uh, the band was like, yeah, no, man, we're, we're shutting it down. <laughs> like You need to get ready for the tour. And uh, I had to like inject myself with these things. And I, th I think some of the guys, when they saw that, they were just like, dude, no. <laughs> So then I uh, played one more show in Berlin and then went home, got surgery and stuff. You did? Yeah. So did the tour stop? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was pretty amazing. I, it was like pretty much down to the day. Like I got surgery and then we like 
went out to the west coast and then i did the the night running tour we did with with beck and spoon i just did it sitting on a a chair with my leg propped up yeah but it was all crazy it was like down to the day it was like the day that i could even like you know fly or whatever right were you wearing a cast brace yeah and then like halfway through the summer i could like i was allowed to like get off the crutches so there was like two runs of the tour so it was kind of like the second half of the run i was like standing a little on stage or i'd like go up for like the last song you know yeah or me and Matt would go out with Beck every night and do like night run and we'd do like a medley with them. And so that was fun because then I could like sort of slowly interact with people. <laughs> but, you know, I could like slowly do the back to back guitar every day, closer and closer. I don't know. It was... was this around the time when Dave Grohl broke his leg? It was, it was probably that year, actually. Is that why you didn't get that chair? That I, I would have loved in? the chair. Because it was Axl Rose's and then it was Dave's. And just think, you could have been the third. I could have been the guy. You know, I think the funny thing is we already, we had a pretty elaborate, I will say, stage setup. So yeah. I was already up on this like treehouse, like tower type thing. So yeah. I think Dave's throne, I would have, it wouldn't have fit. It would <laughs> 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 what a thought <laughs> you did, which is hilarious you know just think of the conversation you know dave th thanks for the offer but it, your gu yeah. injured guitar throne won't fit on our stage <laughs> it was i mean and they made it so accommodating for me like there's literally i had to like there was like a little kind of elevator thing to get up to where i had to be every night and uh and the first song we'd play in the set every night was broken boy so uh, it, it was like, which has obviously a totally different meaning, but for me, it would be, I would kind of like chuckle. I'd have to chuckle to myself every night. Yeah. Like, this is out. Speaking of Broken Boy, have you played it with the man himself? We haven't. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I broke my leg two weeks before a tour once. I cracked my knee. I got hit by a car in Portland. Oh, man. And I wore a knee brace and had my leg 75% straight. And sat super high on my throne and used my ankle. Oh my gosh! Wait, so which leg was it? Like it was your... my kick drum leg. Whoa, man! So I had to use my ankle. Luckily, it was the Black Heart Procession, which has a lot of space in between notes and beats. Um, but I was able to hobble around Europe with that brace on and play shows. And in fact, I lost my phone at a big festival, and John Moen from the Decemberist and I drank beer and walked around the festival and just looked for it and asked people for it. And we, and then I went and Skyped it. I called it from the restaurant down the street and some kid answered it. And they met me. No way. They met me in some sort of lobby of the venue or the arena thing and handed it back to me. That is amazing. Yeah. That is so much better than find my iPhone. And they, they called two people. They did? One, my parents. They called mom. Mom, and left nice. a message. <laughs> and then they scrolled through, and I have Jeremiah Green's name is Prince. And so I asked him, I was like, okay, I just need to know, because that was back when like, it was like $9 a minute to make an international call, right? And I was like, I just got to know, you know, when I look at this bill, who's been called. And he's like, <laughs> well, we called your mom. I was like, oh, what'd you say? And he was just like, we just told him we found your son's phone. I was like, yeah. It's like, oh, that was nice. And then, and then I was like, anyone else? And they were like, mm, do you know Prince? <laughs> and I was like, 
N- no. Oh fuck! You called Jeremiah, that and they left epic. him a funny message. He was he was tripped out by it, but. Oh my gosh, that's epic! He could have really pulled one over on that too. I think he did a good Prince impression. Yes, this is Prince. Hi, I've recorded four albums today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we both made it through touring with broken legs. I guess we know we can do it. We can do it. And we don't have to do it. And we've decreased the odds of both of our bands to have an injured person in their band. Right? We're heroes. Hero- heroes. <laughs> I still um, haven't thrown out my brace. I don't know why. I'm like, I haven't either. Again. <laughs> I still have mine. I do. I still have mine. Do you? Yeah. Do you have an ice machine? Uh, oh, is an ice machine a specific... It's basically you. It was like a knee brace. You like wrap it around your knee, and then actually put the brace on top of it. It's hooked up to this like water tube to a basically a box of ice, and it just cools Whoa. your leg for hours on end, which you need. But I still oh. have one. And I'm like, <laughs> is this bad energy to like keep in the house? Like maybe I need to move on from these crutches Dude, and. <laughs> you know what you need to do. Wherever the Axl Rose Dave Grohl chair is stored, donate it to the injured guitar singer cause <laughs> that would be tight oh man that'd be killer <laughs> all right i'm gonna let you go here in a sec um what are you looking forward to in the next year playing shows seeing my family and uh yeah just being able to gather with people again like i really miss you know just jamming with people or recording more with you know i i it's cool that we've all adapted and done like remote sessions from home and all that type of stuff. But I just can't wait just to, you know, be in the room feeding off people again and yeah, uh, playing shows and just doing normal stuff. Do you have a show book this year? We have, there's some maybe things in the fall and there's, I think there's a show in Harrisburg in September. Oh, cool. That's still on. So, which is awesome because I, uh, that's sort of like back where I'm from Philly. So, yeah, see some old friends and stuff. I think we have some shows, quote unquote, booked in the fall too. Hopefully, there'll be festivals and we can hang. For sure. Yeah, man, I can't wait for that. I can't wait yeah, for like I summer know. camp festival. I know. <laughs> it's backstage hangs. I think everyone will definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Not that everyone doesn't, but it's yeah. all just going to be like different. I think. I think so. All right, man. Well, thanks again. Thanks congrats for on this is fun. Yeah, congrats on the vax. That Thank almost you. rhymes. Congrats on the vax. All right, I'll see you backstage somewhere grassy. We'll throw a frisbee and Perfect. drink some soda water together. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> see you, man. Have a great see day. See you, man. Thanks.